Hello, PolyM fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Day 19, stay at home orders. Ran out of toilet paper. Wiped my ass across a lawn like a dog. Painted the garage twice and then stripped all that paint. Got excited because the stripping was sexy. <laughs> Bought alcohol for the week again for, for the fourth time. Yeah. And here we are podcasting. Welcome to Talk Your Poly Off. <laughs> we are your hosts. I'm Bella. I forgot my name. <laughs> I can't even. I don't just, even know where we're at. I don't <laughs> What year is it? We're in the same place we've been for days. That's right. I'm Monsida. <laughs> and this week, we are going to take the time. We're going on an adventure. Today, we are going to perform a magic trick. <laughs> And we are going to wave our wand and transform from monogamous to polyamorous. Ta-da! Yeah, that worked. <laughs> so, another news. How, what, uh, what was our first news? Your day 19 shitting on the front lawn. I didn't shit on the front lawn. That's <laughs> barbaric. I did that in the toilet. And then I you just had, had to run out to the yard. outside. No, you, you got to learn the run. But then it's in your butt cheeks. Like I said, you got to learn the run. Oh, no. It's more like when a crab runs. Oh, no. Yeah. And it's fine until you get out there and the neighbor is staring at you through the window like, <laughs> damn it, Bobby. But I mean, on a real note, how's your uh, stay home order self-isolation going? It's going good. I've started watching The Punisher on Netflix season two. And... I try to do a lot of learning for, like, the podcast and that sort of thing. And the Punisher was teaching you for the podcast? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important. (laughs) I mean, there are a lot of life lessons you can get from the Punisher TV show. (laughs) And really a lot of life lessons I've gotten from the Punisher comic books. Right, right. I figured. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm still working. Yeah, you are. I'm working short hours. One hand, it's kind of nice because you're like, oh, it's noon and I'm off already. On the other hand, I'm like, oh, man, I've worked 25 hours this week, and my check's going to be horrible. <laughs> so that's a thing. But, you know, we're, we're figuring it out. We're staying positive. And... and it's all the right thing to do to make everything better. Right, right. So what about this business? Where are we at? What do we want to talk about? Are you, is that Who on? are you? <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is that all you want to cover for the I'm gonna, update on that? I'm actually working on putting together my apocalypse gear. Are you? I am. <laughs> it's going to be tight. I bet. I'm going to put up pictures when I'm there. I need a new corset for mine because, you know, corset is 
reliable and moves well in an apocalypse. Does it, though? No, but it's hot. And then, like, you're going to try to run, you're going to get winded, you can't <laughs> bend or stretch. Let's really talk about this. A corset is bad apocalypse gear. <laughs> Unless you want to look pretty and have a lot of defenses, don't wear a corset. I'll just wear it and stand still with a very long, sharp pokey device and turn in circles <laughs> and keep my immediate circle zombie free. You are on my apocalypse team. I don't know how to feel about this. I think we had that discussion on one of the old hot tub poly talks. I think we did. <laughs> I am people smarts. The zombies will understand. Nope. <laughs> Mm -mm. No, they won't. So let's switch gears because reasons. Because you're over that. <laughs> How about you give me something happy? I do have something happy. Today we have a happy Polly moment from our Facebook group. And Kiki says, quote, My partner picked up my other partner a little treat from the market because he knew that since he was working at home... He never goes out anymore and might be missing his Starburst Red Pack. They do shit like that for each other all the time, and it's just absolutely touching that they care about each other and think about each other even when I'm not part of the equation, end quote. I think that's really fucking cool. So she's got two male partners, and they're bonding and connecting, and it doesn't have anything to do with her. And they're buying Starbursts. Buying Starbursts to keep people sane. I get it. Yeah, that's good meta action. Totally. Okay, so I'm going to say right now, first off, that this episode might be a little weird. <laughs> not only because Monsada is not used to being inside all this time, but also because just before we decided to record this episode, we were taking turns sharing comedy music with each other. We were. We yeah. <laughs> So that's my mindset today. Yeah, you're a little stir-crazy. Or stir-happy, as I like to call it. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. it's a total happy. You'll see. <laughs> oh, no. So today we're going to come into polyamory, just as many who are new to the lifestyle do, by opening our relationship. Oh, like right now? We're mm -hmm. going to open up? Yeah, I mean, I figure this is a perfect time to do it because everyone's quarantined and stuck in their homes. Yeah. And no one gets to really go out and meet and hook up. <laughs> so this is the perfect time to open our relationship. We were already open. Oh, shit. Let's open up to video calls. <laughs> video sex chats. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have lots of those. We're going to play on Zoom later. Okay. Yeah. You can be in your room, <laughs> I'll be in my room, and we'll both Zoom conference call. <laughs> no, because we're in this house. <laughs> I am a creature of touch. Don't stick your finger in my mouth. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, people who are first exploring any sort of ethical non-monogamy. So there's a typical roadmap that people often kind of follow along when they're exploring ethical non-monogamy. Oftentimes, it's a couple that's opening up. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a single person and they're exploring other options from monogamy. How about we try this game? Okay. Bella, you and I have been together 10 years. We've been a happily monogamous couple. Things are going good. We're getting a little bored in the bedroom. We maybe 
have some friends who might be interested in a little more and we're flirting with the idea Ooh. of maybe going a little further with friends or trying to find someone to join us in the bed in the night. Right. Right. That's where a lot of these openings happen. Mm -hmm. So if we were to think about that, hey, Bella. Hey, Monsida. You know, I don't know what you feel about this, but, you know, uh, when we were at the bar the other night and that couple kept talking to us, I think that girl was really into me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, that's cool because I thought the husband was hot. Yeah? Yeah. What if, just play along with me here, what if we invited them over for drinks? See maybe where it went? You know, like that movie we watched the other day where those two couples got together and they started doing that swinging business? Yeah. Would that be something you'd be into? I don't know. I mean, he's hot, like, to look at, but... I don't know if I could handle you being with another woman. Well, I mean, okay, that's fair. I don't, I don't know if I want him taking my place. <laughs> so here we are, monogamous couple, trying to figure out if we want to open our relationship and if it's something we can do. Right. Right. Let's talk about some tips. What would you tell people as some tips when they're just starting this thought process and idea of exploring outside of monogamy. I would say that the first thing that I would recommend is don't open your relationship to fix a bad relationship. If you're on the rocks and you need some spice or activity in your life, don't try adding new people because you're just adding more people to the train wreck that's in process right absolutely yeah it's... so don't open your relationship in order to fix a problem right i would also say acknowledge your monogamous mindset i mean we all grew up with all these ideas and media and the adults around us everyone had these ideas of how it's quote supposed to be it's just ingrained in us. Right. So you kind of have to acknowledge that you've got those mindset ideals. And after you can acknowledge them, you can start to let them go and work through them. But if you're just going to deny that, no, I wasn't raised that way. No, blah, blah, blah. Then you're never going to move past it. Right. It's tough to think about a monogamous mindset when that's how you were raised. And that's really all you know. Yeah. And so I think that there's some hindsight conversation that would probably happen here. I would say, especially in those kinds of conversations, that you really want to figure out what the goal is. So if you're talking about, you know, we're a couple and we're looking at this other couple and we're like, okay, well, like, I think she's into me. Okay, cool. I'm into him. What are your goals? Do you, are you looking for something that's just a casual, sexy time, fun thing? Do you want to be friends with people that are consistently in your life and you hook up with? Maybe you're looking for people that you want to actually get romantic with and develop loving, ongoing relationships with. Mm -hmm. Or you know, anything. What are your goals and boundaries around 
goal? What's a goal with an STI? <laughs> Not to get them. Yes. But in what? addition to these goals, you want to set boundaries and talk about things that could happen with money and going on dates and talking about STIs. What are you, your objectives for jumping into this? Well, and it's interesting that you bring up boundaries because that would be a really good thing that we would give tips on, I believe, where you're not imposing rules on another person. You're setting your own boundaries for what you are comfortable with. If you're ready to open your relationship up and haven't done it yet, it's easy to say, okay, you can't have sex with that guy in that coupling unless I'm having sex with the girl or whatever the configuration is. Right. But really, that's kind of a control tactic, right? I don't feel comfortable with you doing something without me, so I'm telling you, you cannot do it. Right, and that's a typical that's a typical path that most couples take. Right, and it's really not fair, and it also could potentially create some room for resistance or not the R word I was thinking resentment. of. Resentment. Resentment. So when when you're deciding to open up, think about what is a boundary versus what is a rule. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And try to operate from the boundary level rather than the rule level. Yeah. I mean, so for example, if we were to talk about a sex situation, instead of saying, you can't have pe- you can't have sex without a condom, that's a rule you're imposing on someone else. Instead, I would say, if you have sex with someone without a condom, you and I are not having unprotected sex because I want to protect myself. Right. So I'm not telling you what to do, but I am saying if you do this thing, I'm going to take care of me in this way. Right. And you know, with all those boundaries set up, it doesn't matter how elaborate they are or how in-depth you go in. There's always going to be negative emotions that come up, one of which is a big hot topic button, of jealousy. Oh, yes. Jealousy. Everyone. Oh, I say everyone. 99.99% of people experience jealousy or envy or both in some way. Mm-hmm. There are those select few who swear up and down they don't feel it. But it's absolutely normal to enter into this, especially for the first time when you're exploring it, newly opened up, jealousy will arise. And how are you going to deal with that? Yeah, Definitely. And we do talk about jealousy in depth in one of our super early episodes, episode six. It's called Jealousy, the Green-Eyed Monster. Rawr. And you probably want to check that out for more on that subject yeah. specifically. So if you can have a plan in place in advance, knowing that you're going to feel these emotions, it'll help you work through them a little bit easier when it happens. Yeah. And then... If we're throwing out tips, then I would also say a big one that I am often championing <laughs> is to be prepared for self-examination. Um, you need to be able to look inward at the root and the source of potential problems. And we discussed managing your ego in episode 31. Ego is a big deal. And that's going to be one of the things that's going to stop people from being able to talk and listen and communicate. So be ready to handle yourself. Yeah, I've definitely, I mean, I've, in the last 10 years or so that I've been actively, 
identifying as polyamorous, I have grown so much and continue to grow and learn new things about myself or why I'm feeling things and where stuff is coming from than I ever did in a monogamous relationship. Oh yeah, definitely. Even just down to you're out on a date and I'm having a negative feeling and I will write down and journal that negative feeling and the internal place that it's coming from instead of being like, ah, oh, fuck him. He's out on this date. Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm feeling envious because you went somewhere that I wanted to go, I'll write that down, but then I'll write down next to it that I'm not really mad at you. I'm mad because I want to do this thing. Well, it's a good thing that that sort of thing has never happened in our relationship, so you've never actually had to feel that. Right. It's also good that we're <laughs> quarantined and never going out again. Hmm. Sad face. You know, I'm going to turn the living room into one of my favorite bars later. <laughs> and then I'm going to dress up the broom and take it out on a date. And we'll put we'll put it like up on Facebook Live if this happens. <laughs> and we'll be like, here's the bar scene in our house. <laughs> oh, no. So, okay. So we also want to communicate. It's really important that you talk a lot. Yes. Communicate all aspects of this. And don't just communicate. Don't just talk to flap your gums either. I mean, be open and be honest with your feelings. Be honest with your worries, your insecurities. And then be open with what your goals are. Yeah. Right? You mentioned goals earlier already. But when you're talking to your partner, if you're telling them, oh, yeah, I'm totally cool with whatever you want to do and that sort of thing. But you're not. That is setting you up for failure. It'll bite you in the butt later. Right. And not in the way that you're hoping for in a relationship. <laughs> rawr, rawr, rawr. That was my bite sound. Rawr, That's rawr, a good rawr. bite sound. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to the communication part. Though, yeah. Let's talk about talking. Is this thing on? Tap, tap, tap. <laughs> so really, usually what happens is there's that first initial conversation that a couple has when they decide that they want to test the waters and see about opening up their relationship. Right. Do you want to continue our playing pretend from the yeah. beginning of the episode? Yeah. Okay. So, so we're still talking about, like, we met this couple? We met this couple. Okay. And you seemed receptive to it. Yeah. Obviously, I'm interested. <laughs> and then, so there was already a question or two. About, I don't know if I want you doing this, and I don't know if I'm good with this. Okay. Let's continue that conversation as though we're just jumping into open relationships. All right. Well, you're interested in her, and I'm kind of interested in him. So are we, are we going to, I mean, of course, with them on board, are we going to look to date them together? Or... Do you want to date her without me individually? And oh, geez. I didn't would you be okay if that. I went out with him by myself? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we start out just seeing each other as a couple of couples. Okay. 
What do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm Do you okay want with... to see him individually? Do you want to see him without me around? I mean, I'm not sure yet. So, so maybe... But that's a possibility. Maybe, yeah. Okay. So let's, let's maybe see how we connect with this other couple together at first. And okay. if him and I hit it off, then yeah, I might want to. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so wait a minute. Then, is this just a sex thing or... I mean, are we talking relationship stuff? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't even think about that. Just like swinger activity, you know? You just, just want to hook up. I mean, it would be cool to see where things go, I guess, but I, I wasn't planning on actual relationship stuff. Now I'm a little concerned. What if you catch feelings for her? What if you catch feelings for him? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. Well, I mean... I don't even I don't even know if I want to know about if you want to just hook up and like have sex with her, I don't even know if I want to know about your dates. Like I don't think I'd want all the details. Would you want to know about my date with him? Well, I mean, I was still under the idea that we were all going to be in the same room or in the same bed doing the same thing. True. But if we're talking about solo stuff, like you and him It could happen. And me and her, right. I don't I mean, like, I'd like to know what's going on, but I don't know if I want all of the hairy details. <laughs> hairy. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you guys do actually do your thing, mm -hmm. I mean, are you going to use a condom? Yeah, I don't want to get pregnant. Okay, okay. I mean, what about you? What about oral? Oh, that's a good question. I didn't think about it because it's been so long since I've been with somebody else. Oh, I just don't know if I'm ready to see you with someone else. <laughs> That's okay. We can go slow. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Okay, why don't we see what they feel. All right, let's go. Mm. That was our sample questions. <laughs> our how to talk the talk. That was such a great way of doing that. <laughs> uh, no. So I guess that's kind of an example of how some of that conversation could go. Right. And of course it could take a million different twists and turns within the conversation. But those are some generic questions that come up or should come up. Right. And I mean... That's that's the important part of communication. And if you pay attention to that dialogue that we had, there are a lot of times where one of us asked a question and the other didn't actually even answer. Right. Which is where some of the stumbling happens in the beginning of opening up relationships where one question leads to another question leads to another question. You felt like you had a great conversation, <laughs> but not much was really answered. Or you're prepared to ask the question of your partner, but not prepared to answer it for yourself. Right, right. Where you're like, oh yeah, but what about this? And then they're like, well, what if you do? And you're like, oh crap, I don't know. What if I do? Yeah. So think about that sort of thing when you're deciding to open up your relationship and try to figure out ways to be able to answer the questions Take the time to listen, take the time to hear, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So when we are opening up our relationship, how are some of the ways that we can do it? I mean, really, a relationship anarchist would tell you you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Wouldn't be wrong. Right. You Whatever you want to do, make it work for you. As long as it's ethical and nobody's getting hurt, do your thing. Right. However, 
I would say there are three typical paths that couples that are entering into this tend to take when they're opening up. Now, again, this is mainly towards couples who are opening. If you're a solo poly person or you're a single person looking to explore polyamory, in my opinion, having come from that roadmap, it's much easier because it's just me. I don't have to ask questions of a partner. I can internally reflect and decide what's safe and okay and what are my boundaries, but I don't have to have that conversation with somebody else because I'm not attached to anybody. Right. I can just go out into the dating world and date as I please. At least not in the beginning. Once you start getting a partner or two, then there's the conversations to happen. Absolutely. And this is just the beginning when people are deciding to explore ethical non-monogamy. Okay. So for the couples that are opening up, I think there are typically three ways they tend to start. And that's with moving into swinging. Right. And that's, you know, I mean, in a broad scope, just typically involves committed couples consensually exchanging partners, mostly for just sexual purposes, having fun, adding some spice to life. There's also opening up your relationship. Those who are open to sexual and or romantic contact with others Open relationships might take a variety of forms, and they could evolve over time as needed, depending on what the needs of the people involved are. And then the third one is monogamish. And these relationships are those in which a couple is primarily monogamous, but they allow for varying degrees of sexual contact with others, usually with some agreed-upon rules in place. So I think that one of more like, we're a monogamous couple, but maybe we have this friend with benefits that comes over at the hot tub and hangs out. Or on our events, there's some, you know, make-out heavy petting sessions, things like that, where there's these one-off situations... And really, swinging, monogamish, open, polyamorous, relationship anarchist, those can all be considered open. So when you say you have an open relationship, it could be encompassing of other dynamics as well. Well, I think there's a hidden fourth option that many people that are ready to open their relationship often attempt to Is this like an Easter egg find? Yeah, kind of. It is the unicorn hunting. True. A lot of times when people decide to open their relationship... The couple, when they do, decide mutually or driven by one force or the other more is that they want to have the unicorn, the bisexual female who is interested in both of them equally. And that's, I would say that that's an entirely different episode. Right, we could do a whole episode on it. (laughs) Understand, though, that the reason to bring it up is because, A, it happens all the time. Yes. And, B, it's incredibly difficult to do, almost impossible, and that's why this bisexual partner is dubbed the unicorn. And for people who are just opening their relationships and trying this method, they hit a lot of pitfalls because they're not thinking about things in a way which would benefit all people involved. Right. And I mean, really, when you say or hear or see people talk about unicorn hunting, that is the sort of derogatory term for it. Seeking an ethical triad, or some people call it a thruple, if it's all on ethical terms and everyone is you know, consenting in, in the same boat as far as what it's going to look like, Great. Those are fantastic relationships and dynamics. When somebody says unicorn hunting, it's literally, if you're imagining this 
this bisexual woman running through the forest and this couple is hunting after her just because she is who she is. They don't know anything else about her other than she's a bisexual woman. She wants to do them both and that's all that matters. They don't like, treat her like a person. Yeah. So there's a lot of factors that go into quote unquote unicorn hunting, which if this is how you're planning to open up, I strongly recommend you do a ton of research and don't think of yourself as the exception to any of the rules you see online because you're not. Right. Nobody do, is. Do not approach it as your unicorn hunting. You know, look into ethical triads. Yeah. Okay. And again, we could talk about that one in great detail in another episode. Definitely. And I've been on both sides. I've been the unicorn that was treated unfairly, unethically, totally in a hunted fashion went horribly wrong, but I've also been in fantastic, healthy, wonderful triad dynamics. So I've been on both sides of it. Um, I've even been the couple that was seeking a third person for our dynamic. So I've got a little bit of insight in that and it can go very right and it can go very wrong. So right. it's just kind of a tricky two-sided coin. And, and I would say that like, if we're going to compare this to like levels of a video game, mm -hmm. This is advanced mode. It's not <laughs> beginner's mode. And a lot of times when people play beginner's mode, they fail because it's too hard. Because yeah. there's a lot of things that inexperienced people in open communities don't have as far as resources and education to do the advanced level relationship stuff of a throuple. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to get too Oh my god, you shaved your face. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe. You just did this. I was playing with your face earlier, and it wasn't like this. <laughs> when did you do that? About four hours ago. On the couch, it's still full beard, though, wasn't it? Yeah. I was like, I swear I was fingering your face earlier. <laughs> That was a very strange moment. <laughs> and it all was like, how did I not? He was in my face licking my ear. How did I not know? <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> You're so observant. <laughs> but again, I mean, there's a lot of details. <laughs> again I'm Zen <laughs> it was just a very strange moment are we good yeah we can trip out in a minute okay okay but again I mean there's a lot of details that go into something like that and it would require at least its own podcast in order to really get into those details so let's continue forward with just opening up sure uh, let's see, some other relationship structures to mention. Just I'll breeze through these real quick in case you're new to the podcast and you haven't heard these before. There is polygamy, and that's a form of marriage consisting of two or more persons. There's That can be broken down into polygyny. Polygyny. Which is a marriage of one husband and multiple wives. And then there's polyandry, which is one wife to multiple husbands. And those are more rare. 
And considering you can't marry multiple people, then there's hand fasting ceremonies and other such things to bind someone right, right. emotionally or spiritually. And these are mostly seen in other countries because of, like you just said, it's illegal here to marry multiple people mm. on the legal level. But in other countries such as India, and there's a few others I was reading about, you can actually do these. Right. Then, of course, there's polyamory, and that's a relationship style that allows people to openly conduct multiple sexual and or romantic relationships simultaneously, ideally with the knowledge and consent of all involved or affected by the relationships. And then those can be broken down. You can have multiple types of relationships within polyamory. Yeah, you can have your open V, your triad, your quad, your W, your N. Pretty much any letter of the alphabet turns into a polyamorous structure. Every point is a person in the letter. Yeah. You got polycules, Hier- communes. Communes, polycommunes. People practice hierarchical, non-hierarchical. There's solo poly. There's all kinds of things. Uh, solo poly. So as we were talking about every letter in the alphabet, you got your T's, you got your W's, you got your N's. And then when you're on point, then you're solo poly. Yeah. Yep. Then there's polyfidelity. That's similar to polyamory, except that it's a closed relationship style. So you could be in a polyfidelis triad or a polyfidelis quad where it's all three or all four people and you're just not open to dating other people right now. Then there's one that I found really interesting. There's polyaffective. These relationships are emotionally intimate, non-sexual connections among people connected by a polyamorous relationship. So two metas. And it's not just effective, it's polyaffective. Polyaffective. I mean, it could be, you know, two heterosexual men who are both in a sexual relationship with the same woman and have co-spousal or even brother-like relationships with each other. Mm. Where they're emotionally connected, they care for each other, they love each other in a different way. That can be considered polyaffective. Hmm. Okay. The last one I want to mention is, of course, relationship anarchy. Now, relationship anarchists are often highly critical of conventional cultural standards that prioritize romantic and sex-based relationships over non-sexual or non-romantic relationships. Instead, RA seeks to eliminate specific distinctions between or hierarchical valuations of friendship versus love-based relationships. So that love-based relationships are no more valuable than platonic friendships. And no less valuable. Right. Everybody is on an equal playing field. My relationship with my friend is just as valid and equal as my relationship with you. Oh, that's kind of disappointing. I was hoping to become a relationship anarchist because I wanted to start a riot and... (laughs) Riot in the streets about relationships? Yeah, I thought that's... I wanted to do that thing. Oh. Wear a mask. That's not what it is. Carry a torch. No. Have a cool leather jacket. I mean, you can go out in the street and do that. Everyone's going to keep social distancing six feet of distance away from you. <laughs> I think even when there's a quarantine, people social distance from me. Uh, yes. Oh. What was that? <laughs> okay, so let's talk. Let's jump back because... That was all great information. Let's go back to opening up here. Okay. Opening up. And we've had some small communication. We're getting things started and so on and so forth. But why would you not open your relationship? I wouldn't open up my relationship if 
I was having trouble in my relation, my current relationship, like we discussed earlier. That's an excellent reason not to open your relationship. What would be a flag, a red or yellow flag on the idea of opening relationships and potentially some of the bad reasons to get into it, maybe? Would that be a better question? Okay. I mean, I definitely wouldn't myself, and I probably wouldn't date someone who was using polyamory as an excuse to cheat or an excuse to continue unhealthy relationship habits. Mm. I actually was contacted by a person on FetLife. Yeah. Who wanted to get to know me. They saw that... I'm a dom on my profile and all this other stuff, mm -hmm. and, and they wanted to get involved in a kink and or a relationship way, and they were married, mm -hmm. and they were talking about how they didn't want their husband to know, and all. I, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't even fathom pursuing that. I've done the cheat stuff way back in my life, and it's just sticky and gross and it feels so much better to not have to worry about the web of lies you're weaving right, right. and just be open and be like yeah I like her I want to fuck her I want to do the thing probably gonna do the thing so manage your shit around me doing the thing right. <laughs> and I'm terrible at lying anyway because it's like you said it's just too hard to do and it's too much trouble and it's not ever worth the time so when this person was trying to do that I had to say, look, you're barking up the wrong tree, and you probably want to go take that walk somewhere else. Yeah. It's just the best thing to do, in my eyes. Totally. Somewhat related to that scenario in an odd way, maybe only in my brain, is that occasionally people look at other people as commodities, mm -hmm. like needs fulfillment stuff. Like, as this example, this person on FetLife wanted someone to be dominant to her and obviously wasn't getting that from her husband. So she's looking for a dominant figure, thinking this person's a dom, do the thing. They will fill that hole for her. Right. Don't know anything about me. The conversation wasn't even like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> you like long walks on the beach. It was just, <laughs> hey, tie me up and beat my ass. Right. And it was like, no. I'm not just a needs fulfillment. And further, people aren't a commodity in the way of, like when I think about it, someone wants to go out and hook up. Mutual hookups are fantastic. Totally cool. I'm down with that. But when you go there just hunting for a thing, mm -hmm. and then maybe just all you see is this person is a hole or a rod or whatever it is you're looking for, and beyond that, there's nothing. Right, right. Like, just to make it a little more crude for the listeners, let's say uh, I have a friend. She's going to go to the club, and she's on the hunt for a 12-inch cock. Right. And it's basically like, you, you're a dude. Let me see your dick. Nope, just kidding. Don't want you. Who's next? Where's another dude? I need to see your dick. Nope, you don't fit my plan of what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a perfect and <laughs> polite way of saying it, yes. Let's say you and I are this couple, we're trying to date this other couple, we've had all these conversations, maybe we went on a date or two, we tried together, we tried individually, we did all of our stuff, 
and it's just not working out. Maybe mm. things aren't going as planned. Maybe we're not working through our feelings and emotions well. Something's not clicking. Well, then you would listen to our breakup episode, <laughs> which we still ain't damn near gotten to yet. Now, to be fair, we were moments away from recording the breakup episode, and then the coronavirus hit. And I was like, you know, and this is all on me. He was ready to go with the breakup. And out of necessity, we can't break up because of the coronavirus. <laughs> I didn't want to be negative up in here. I know. I get you. I get you. <laughs> but the breakup will happen. Stay tuned. Yes. Probably with the longer quarantine. And that'll be a great episode is <laughs> the length of time that we are all stay at home. We're all How many break breakups up? are there going to be? Like everyone's going to be single after this. Oh. Year. Or only in relationship with their non-nesting partners. Oh, yeah, there's that. Only nesting partners are going to split. <laughs> it's a possibility. You never know. But if things aren't going as planned, I would say, you know, make sure you're having check-ins with your partner regularly, even weekly, and have open, honest communication, like you were saying earlier, about how you're both feeling and why. And don't just say, oh, yeah, I'm fine with that. That was whatever. No, really talk about how you're feeling. Yeah, hiding that shit is no good for anybody, and it will build a lot of damage later. And if it still isn't working, and you're on the same page, then you need to decide what happens next. I mean, is there a current partner that you guys are seeing that maybe you need to have a conversation with? Do you need it to end with them? Or maybe neither of you are currently dating, and you can decide to put this aside and go back to being monogamous? No harm, no foul. All done and over. Or maybe it's a deeper discussion if one of you is monogamous and one of you is polyamorous. That's a whole new episode. Yeah. So if you do need to go back to having your closed relationship, mm -hmm. you can always hear what grandma was going to tell you. Well, at least you got it out of your system. <laughs> I told you it wouldn't work. <laughs> and you really want to be careful with that, too, because if you are currently seeing someone... That's what they would refer to as like a type of couple's privilege. If now you were seeing this person and everything was fine in your relationship with that person, but your other partner, your spouse, has decided it's not working, so you're going to kick this other person to the curb because the couple comes first. Was it arranged that way with this outside couple from the start or this outside person from the start? Was that communicated that there's hierarchy and veto power and all those types of things? Then fine. Then you're doing it ethically. But if that outside partner was under the impression that their relationship is just as equitable, that's pulling the rug out from under them. And that's kind of a dirty couple's privilege move. It definitely is. Have we actually addressed couple's privilege in an episode? I don't think so. Or veto power. I don't think so because I think it. I've got a I think I've got a show notes that says veto. Okay, so to our dear Polyam fan, <laughs> if you want to tell us whether we talked about couples privilege or veto power, yeah. you let us know what episode it's in, and we'll give you a very special no prize. We'll do some corrections corner and say we did in fact talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that would be super swell. Super swell. Poly swell. <laughs> Not just swell. Poly, poly swell. swell. Swollen. Poly swollen. Uh, I've experienced that too. <laughs> Maybe once or twice. Yeah. 
So I think this is normally the time of the show where Bella comes in with her tips and advice. My takeaways. But I want to do the takeaways <laughs> this time. Yep. However, really, if anything, it's going to be more of a recap than takeaway. Because... Because <laughs> Bella already talked about this shit. Because we already talked about all this. But we want to recap it so we people... Do. So it sticks and people remember. I'll stick it to you. Yeah, I know you will. So we are going to set up this communication guide to open conversation or open relationship conversations. Right. And it was going to be these beautiful little bullet points that Bella always does. But I took the reins. <laughs> so it's not beautiful bullet points? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. You... But there's no bullet points. <laughs> and just like me, it's very long-winded. It's fine. I'll buckle up for the story time. Hold on, let me let me move and get comfortable. I like story time. Oh, oh man, it is long. Thank you. That's, That's what she said. This is good. All right, kick back in my chair. So through all of this conversation, basically, first you need to talk to each other and listen a lot, and I mean a lot, like a truckload. <laughs> And not just the good stuff, not the fun and the sexy stuff, but the hard stuff, the what ifs. Be as graphic or worst case scenario that you can get. What if you go to a party and everything's going good, but your partner is invited to an orgy and you're not? Yes, sounds like a good time. How are you going to handle that? Can you do it? Envision your partner being showered in sex while you're sidelined. Oh, Again, worst case scenario. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You're painting a picture. They're showered in sex. <laughs> I'm imagining this. What if your partner ends up being intensely more popular in the dating world than you? Mm. Can you watch your partner get ready for half a dozen dates mm. a week? What if your partner falls in love with someone new and what you felt was unique and special in your relationship is now being shared with others? Oh, that's so tough. Without you. This is all possibility, and you need to be able to be ready for that as much as possible. Those were some really good examples. You think so? Yeah. Like what? I mean, I know that I've definitely struggled with, like, watching you get ready for multiple dates a week when I don't have them. Mm -hmm. So it was just, they were really good examples. Okay, cool. I mean, I haven't had the showered in sex part yet. But I'll the, shower you the in The dates sex. and the NRE, I got that. Okay, good. <laughs> Second process, learn yourself, learn your partner, pay attention to and try to truly understand your feelings because you're going to have them. And again, a lot. You've got to know your feelings like milk knows cereal. <laughs> you got to seep into it, soften it up, absorb the goodness, really get that. So descriptive today. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> also, do some research, which you're probably doing because you're here talking with us. We are in a beautiful age of knowledge and acceptance. So there's a number of great books available, and you could throw a virtual stone in any direction on the interwebs and hit a site about ethical non-monogamy, polyamory, swinging, or however you want to be open in your relationships. And we will be more than happy to share some resources in our show notes. Definitely. You also want to get involved in some online communities to be around other non-monogamous people. 
When you go this route though, please really listen to the experienced ones here. There are so many people who have been doing this for years and that kind of experience is incredible. Even if you don't think that their follies will be yours, I can almost promise you they thought the same thing when they first got into the lifestyle. Totally. Like we all hit basically some of the same roadblocks. I can't even tell you how many stories I'll read in different Facebook groups where someone's running into this issue or they're even sharing a happy poly moment. And I'm like, oh man, I've been there. I know that. And yeah, I'm celebrating this with you because I remember when I was like that. And, and I also could count on the world's hands <laughs> how many times someone had come in new to the groups, new to open lifestyles, made some comment about how they want to do a thing mm -hmm. and they're looking for advice and then the experienced people come in and give advice and then this person's like that's not going to happen to me you don't have to worry about that i already right. know how to do that and then a couple months later they're complaining that that exact thing happened to them. oh i will also give another tip for the online communities especially the facebook groups that you join utilize the search function the questions that you want to ask when you're new have been asked 500 times yeah and there's so much good information and excellent responses out there that people have already given so over the last 15 years these responses have been given as long as facebook's been around and now people are a little exhausted and a little emotionally drained from having to answer the same thing over and over and over again so the response you get by posting today might be short and kind of snappy from people versus the responses that they typed up on previous questions that were the same question. So go back and search the previous stuff. Use keywords, look for what you're looking for, and I guarantee you're going to find information. And also, hopefully, because you've already done some research mm -hmm. on open relationships and polyamory, non-monogamy, you've also started learning a lot of the lingo and maybe some of the social etiquette right utilize that so that you can communicate in a way that people will want to communicate with you in these groups right mm -hmm. also once you feel comfortable talking through all of this and processing what you've learned talk some more think of it like round two of street fighter this round will seal the deal on whether you've got this fight or not or it will let you know that you really have to bust your ass in round three to get this win. <laughs> and not against your partner, but to advance to the next fighter as a tag team. Right. Right. So talk and talk and talk. I couldn't say it enough. I couldn't talk to you about <laughs> it enough. And while all of this is happening, remember the relationship you're currently in. This is something that is often forgotten quickly. What's a healthier relationship? Have the open relationship discussions caused changes which might be seen as flags? Have some extra struggles or patterns happened? Because this is going to happen throughout your open relationship journey for various reasons, change is inevitable and this is your chance to learn how to successfully adapt. Absolutely. I think relationships are always changing just because people are always changing. But as you're going through this journey, 
you're going to learn so much more about the way you relationship and who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And if you're not connecting and communicating and touching base with your current relationship, the relationship's going to stay in place while you outgrow it. Right. Or the, you will become obsolete. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, say we've gotten this far and all is still well. Then it's time to have round three of discussions. Yeah, more talking. <laughs> You might want to get used to that because you can't stop. That's right. You've locked into the deal, and just like a timeshare, there is no good way out of it. <laughs> and really, checking in with each other openly and honestly is important. Do it, and do it often. I think a lot of the times in ethical non-monogamy and polyamorous relationships, we see people quit doing their check-ins, mm -hmm. and then the relationships stagger, mm -hmm. and falter and eventually end and i think a lot of the times people are like oh it's fine i've got this other partner over here and right. it's like they forget to take care of the original relationship right and they just they just trade it in and oh it's fine sure they're heartbroken and whatnot but it's almost easier to drop that relationship because there are these other options mm -hmm. instead of nurturing it well, and I think a lot of that comes from that monogamous mindset or the monogamous training in that you have the one and you focus on the one, the one true, the one and only. Right. And it's tough to break that pattern when you're not used to not being in a different pattern. Yeah. So. It's okay to have struggles in one relationship and have another relationship that's great. Just work on where you're struggling at that time. Right, and none of this is really linear, and what might work for one couple possibly won't for another. The main point I think that we'd like to get across is essentially, before you have a single talk and jump for it, really get to the milk and cereal of your relationship because you don't want that milk to go bad. <laughs> when you get to the dating part, also be mindful. Take it slow and careful. Maybe you haven't dated in a while. The dating game could have changed a bit. You're also not just dating with only your feelings and the potential partner's feelings to be considerate of. You have a current partner who is going to have some big feelings with seeing their loved one love someone else. Even in a swing scenario, even if it's not love, even right. if it's you're fucking someone and now they're fucking someone else. I mean, There's that's... feelings. Yeah. And so to wrap it up, because we can't walk through all of polyamorous life in one show, be aware, and I mean really aware, of NRE. New relationship energy will throw you, your current partner, and your new partner for a loop. Absolutely. Remember the check-ins. Talk with your partners. Hear your partners. This is also a time where that monogamous mindset kicks in, and many people feel the need to trade in one partner for the other, like Bella was saying earlier, mm -hmm. or to trash on an older partner like they were an ex, which happens a lot. And yeah. It, it's kind of sad because this is a person you love, and it's that old monogamous mind game where you have to prove that you are the new forever love, and that old yesterday forever love is crap. Right. So you don't have to measure up to this person. Well, and as having been the new partner a lot of the times, 
especially coming in and dating people who are married, if I'm sitting down on a date with someone and all he's doing is bad-mouthing his wife or his current partner, mm-hmm. I'll be like, man, what are you going to say about me when you're out with her? I want right. to date you if that's how you... I want to hear all the good, loving things. Yeah, but it's tough to do because you also, when you're just new into open relationships, that whole idea of speaking well of a partner to another partner, yeah, it is intimidating it's scary like you don't want to sound too gushy over that other person because you don't want the new person to be like well why the hell am i even in this chair right now maybe it'll help if people can think of it as like not a matchmaker in a love sense but you're matchmaking friends right you're you want the metas your partners Mm -hmm. to be friends so when speaking about one partner to the other instead of Maybe if you feel like you're too gushy on it, too lovey-dovey mushy, speak about them as a friend, like you're trying to connect mutual friends together. Right. And even if like a more kitchen table poly isn't a way that you want to go and you would rather date solo, yeah. then also remember that your new partner, your potential partner, is looking for your capacity to have love and compassion or great feelings or you know just goodness yeah and one of the things that actually helps with that is when they see that you speak well of your current partner in casual conversation so yeah don't fall for that trap remember the love you both share while starting this journey and the wonderful person you chose to explore this new life with who's there with you every step of the way absolutely And I mean, in the end, there really is no right way to do relationships. And no matter if you're monogamous or polyamorous or anything in between, if it works for you, then it's right. We hope you picked up something new from today's episode, or at least you were a little entertained. (laughs) (laughs) Do what works best for you and yours, and just remember to keep an open heart. Yeah, or open pants. Open pants, it's a good time. Because, I mean, like, honestly... A lot of what we talked about today, we did kind of preface the show with a swinger idea. Yeah. And then we're talking about polyamory, so we're talking about a lot of love and and all of that. And that really kind of just showcases the range of emotions. Mm -hmm. So I don't want anyone to feel like, well, I am just in it for swinging. Why do I have to go to love? Or vice versa. I am in it for love. Why do I have to swing? You don't. Right. Like all of those things, you do how you want to do. If you don't like us using the word love in a scenario because you don't want that level of commitment, think of just good vibes or attraction or however you want to see what makes you want to have that relationship with somebody. Because we say love and we talk about love because we speak from our heart. (laughs) Cheesy. And like always, we've put some information and some articles in the show notes for you to check out. And you can also find our multiple social media venues from our website at www.ilovepoly.org. And get in touch with us. Connect with us. Connect with the beautiful community. So I guess that's it for this episode. And until next time, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsada. You can find our Facebook page in the links or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. 
You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepolly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam, live like there's no tomorrow, laugh until it hurts, and and love love without without limits. limits.